of lawnmowers and the distant noise of someone's radio. On Saturday afternoons, adolescents gathered, clutching bath towels and shaking their still soft bodies trying to learn the twist. They walked on a mat with plastic footprints, doing a clumsy cha-cha. Even now, Claire could hear Brenda Lee crooning I'm sorry from someone's transistor radio. The dishes done, the children from the school bus dispersed, Claire removed the rubber gloves and touched the top of the cake to see if it was cooled enough to frost. Not quite. Soon enough, Kathy would wake from her nap, a little cranky, and insist on sitting on Claire's lap, keeping Claire immobile and unable to get anything done. She glanced at the clock. If she was lucky, twenty minutes stretched before her with nothing to do. She thought briefly of the basket of laundry waiting to be folded, the summer linens that needed to be aired before she put them on the beds. But instead of doing any of these things, Claire poured herself a tall glass of iced tea, adding ice cubes and saccharin and a sprig of mint she kept in a glass by the window. She grabbed the new issue of Time, with its stark cover of an illustration of a woman, and the headline, The Suburban Wife. A yellow banner across the corner reported that one-third of the nation lived in the suburbs. Settling onto the chaise lounge in the backyard, Claire glanced at the lead story. The wreath that rings every U.S. metropolis is a green garland of place names and people collectively called suburbia. It weaves through the hills beyond the cities, marches across flatlands that once were farms and pastures, dips into gullies and woodlands. Really? she thought as she flipped the pages of the magazine, who needed to read a description of her own life? Her own happy life, she added as she took in bits of information. The Negro songstress Eartha Kitt got married. So had Mussolini's daughter. Judy Holliday and Jimmy Stewart both had new movies opening. President Eisenhower was off to Japan. He always seemed to be off somewhere, Claire thought, and the Prince of Cambodia needed to lose twenty-two pounds. She closed the magazine and set it on the grass beside her chair. The smell of roses was heavy, almost hypnotic. Claire heard bees. Across the Parker's yard next door, she could see a gaggle of boys walking down the street, the tops of their summer buzzed haircuts shining in the late afternoon sun. She recognized them all and took comfort in the familiarity of her surroundings. A white car passed the boys, then disappeared around the corner. Closer now, the kids' voices grew louder, their excited tone one that only children can have. They were talking, from what Claire could glean, about going to the moon. That white car appeared again, slower this time. Probably someone lost in the maze of streets that made up honeysuckle hills. People used to the grids of city streets, the logic of numbers and letters, got confused when they had to navigate Mulberry, Maple, and Marigold streets. Kathy's sharp wake-up cries cut through the air, halting Claire's private time. Forgetting the tea and the magazine, Claire made her way back inside, up the stairs to Kathy's room. Bad mommy, Kathy pouted. Claire patted her daughter's bottom to be sure she hadn't wet the bed. Dry a small victory. Come here, kitty cat, Claire murmured, lifting the rigid girl. Kathy always woke up on the wrong side of the bed. After a snack of graham crackers and milk and playing paper dolls, Kathy finally grew less crabby. Claire let her help set the table to carry the napkins and the silverware out to the patio. 
She taught her how to fold the napkins into triangles and to place the forks on the left, the spoons and knives on the right. Four letters in left, four letters in fork, Claire explained. Five letters in right, five letters in knife and spoon. That's how you remember. Cappy nodded, even though she hadn't yet learned to recite her ABCs and still watched Romper Room and Captain Kangaroo every morning as Claire cleaned the house. Cappy liked to sing along with Miss Bonnie. Bend and stretch, reach for the stars. Here comes Jupiter, there goes Mars. Still, Claire didn't think it hurt to spell words and explain complicated things to her now. Maybe it would help her understand eventually. Now it's time to make Daddy's martini, Claire said. Kathy padded back inside right behind her, climbing her little stool so that she could reach the counter.